This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom and welcome to Practical Spirituality here at Asia Torah in the old city of Jerusalem overlooking the Temple Mount. And please join my club, Yom Tov Media Club.com. Please go online and uh, join that club. Let's get the word out there. So today we're going to talk a little bit about moods, which is kind of funny because I almost never have a low mood. And I kind of had a low mood yesterday, which is rare for me. And I don't think it was a true low mood, but it was on the definitely on, within the realm of a low mood. Certainly had all the symptoms. So what we're going to do is talk about moods. Moods are really, really important because your the quality of your day is going to come out based on the mood. Doesn't matter. Like you could have the best things happen to you in a low mood is not going to mean much. And in a great mood, you could have uh, you know sad things happen to you, and you just totally miss that as well. So moods are. Moods are really, really a big, big part of how life comes out. And therefore, we need a little bit of mastery when it comes to moods and how to deal with them. And obviously, the most important thing is going to be to identify moods. There's other important things, like, for example, uh, uh, maintaining high moods. How do you maintain a high mood? Um, I'll give you a couple secrets to that. And, uh, And also, once you're in a low mood, if low mood's locked in, well, how do you deal with the rest of that day? and maybe even date. So how are you going to deal with that? But the most important thing to know about moods is that whenever you're in a low mood, it's a important thing that you do not try to solve any problems in a low mood. Okay, You have what's called an NAD, NAD. Stands for Non-Analysis Day. Because moods have a big impact on your thinking, and when you're in a low mood, you are in a non-resource day. Your job that day is to just get through it. Distract yourself, do what you got to do, listen to some music, go do some sports. I, I mean, I can tell you, you know, while we're at it, I'll tell you a couple things to do in a low mood day. Uh, well, what yeah. if, if you're most of the time in a low mood? <laughs> <laughs> that, will, that? that will never happen to anybody who uh, learns what I just taught you. Meaning once you know about NADs, what's NAD stand for? Non-analysis day. Once you learn about NADs, you never, ever will have a low mood for more than a day or two. You'd be shocked. You know, 97% of people who deal with depression just don't understand low moods. And they try to analyze their problems. And so it keeps them low mood. I'll show you it on a graphic. So if moods go up and down, as they do, you know, moods are like this, up and down. And what happens is in a low mood, let's call this the low mood here. So in a low mood, what happens is uh, analytical people, they try to, um, and especially this is why Jews also make up um, over 40% of depressed people in the world is all because of our special thing we have. You know, what's the special thing we have? Everyone says we're very what? Analytical. Excellent. Well, they say we're smart. But that's not the right word, because I know people who their smarts is just with a drill or a hammer or a nail. And I know other people's smarts is in the dancing. Like they just they just got some kind of amazing instinctual brilliance with dancing. I know other people with a paintbrush got brilliance. So there are a lot of different brilliance. The Jewish brilliance is in analysis. Analysis is our brilliance. We're really good at solving problems and uh, and creating problems also. (laughs) If you think about, like, you know, the 
stock exchange and the hedge funds and all the leveraging of real estate and everything. That's always Jews back there making your house worth nothing in a day, you know. So we're good at analyzing things. And what happens, though, when you're analyzing yourself in a, in a low mood, are you in a high-resource state or a low-resource state in a low mood? You're in a very low-resource state. So you try to solve a problem, let's say, because that's what we do in low moods. We try to solve our problems. Now, when you try to solve a problem in a low mood, it has babies. And so your one problem now became three. And what's, it, what's the average Jew going to do now that he has three problems to solve? What's he going to do? He's going to try to solve the three problems. He's going to have nine. Your problems are, having, are being fruitful and multiplying. And this is all low mood stuff. And you all know what I'm talking about. You get in that low mood. You're like a bull in a china store and you just break everything. And you, you just, you'll, you'll like, you'll literally like let everything be ruined. You know, at the end of my day yesterday, my wife came in the house and she, she came into our, our room and she, I was laying there just going like, leave me alone. And, and she was like, she wanted to bring up several things that need like fixing in life. And I was like, I mean, you could tell me that our house is going to get flattened in 30 seconds and I'll just say, please bring me a helmet. You know, like, like I'll just, I'm just going to sit here and die. You know, like, like this is not, I'm in a non-resource state and I will not be solving any of our issues right now. Like that's just not going to be going on right now. So someone in a low mood has what's called a non-analysis day. Non-analysis day. Okay, non-analysis day. And what happens is when you're in a low mood, what you'll notice is if you try to analyze your thoughts in a low mood, you'll wind up here, which is called analysis paralysis. Uh-huh. And this is the this is all those depressed Jews out there that they just don't stop analyzing all their problems. And they of course they're they're in a non-resource state, because once you're stuck in analysis paralysis, it's gonna be really bad news. And, and a low mood over time, what's that called? Depression. depression. Depression is just a low mood over time. Is a low mood depression? Not at all. Low mood is just low mood. It's like, you know, everything works vibrationally. Even dogs have moods. Like everything. My voice right now is crossing the room in oscillating vibrations. Everything works that way. And so do we. We each have our own vibrational energy. Sometimes it's very high, and it comes with very resourceful thinking. Sometimes it's very low, and it comes with non-resource thinking. Those are days where it's more contractive, whereas there's more expansive days. God knows what he's doing with moods. But what happens, unfortunately, is so many people get stuck in this low mood day, and they miss all the upswings. They would have gone right up had they just had what's called a non-analysis day. In a non-analysis day, you literally do not analyze your moods. That's the most important thing in a low mood, is to not analyze your problems. Do not deal with any problems in a low mood. It's the most important thing. And what you'll discover is within 24 hours, you'll be feeling fine. And you'll be shocked. And you're going to want to give me a big hug. You're going to say, Rabbi Glazy, you saved my life. Because I've had, my low moods were a lot longer than one day. And ever since you taught me about non-analysis days I'm fine and I and I it takes one to know when I was this guy this was me I'm a highly analytical person and I destroyed myself with that analysis I mean I was I I put myself as the target and I just shot arrows at myself all day trying to constantly fix stuff that I was not in the right resource state to be fixing 
I had no business trying to fix it, my life up. And so I had my non I remember my very first non-analysis day. It was, um, tw- uh, it was 26 years ago, something like that. And I'm someone who, I would go into depression for like months, like months, six months, eight months. I, was the, I, I would have won most depressed guy at age award when I was a buffer. I mean, I was really chronically depressed. And as soon as I learned about NADs, having a non-analysis day, that was the last time I was depressed in 26 years. And I went to, I mean, I went to everybody, I, every therapist, every rabbi, I got brachas here, prayed at the tombs, I, I like, I did everything you gotta do, you know, they, you know, I, anything you can do against depression, I tried it, nothing worked, because my, my search engine, my analysis brain is crazy strong, it's a power, I have a powerful Google search in my brain, and I, but unfortunately, I did all the clicking against myself on my search engine and, uh, and wound up really dealing with depression for years. But I got out of it, Baruch Hashem, through the NADs. I remember that day, like, people were coming up to me. When you're depressed, everyone thinks they're your therapist. So they walk up to you, they're like, how are you? <laughs> Not that they're listening, but they're like, everyone's your therapist. How are you today? And you're just like, get out of my face, man. So people were walking up to me my, that day, and they're like, how are you? And I, I said, don't know. And they're like, what do you mean you don't know? I don't know. I came, I'm in yeshiva. In yeshiva, you learn Gemara. I'm going to go open my Gemara and learn. One day later, I was fine, and I've been fine for 26 years. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, it was that simple. And, and thank God I've been able to help a lot of people with that. But just to let you know, since you do got to get through that day, it's going to be a rough day. Because every thought you're going to have is on a low mood day is going to be pretty harsh. So just to get through the day, i got a couple things you can do. And one of them is to, uh, um, well, I'll give you a bunch of things. Um, one of them is that you're, all those thoughts you're going to have all day in a low mood day, those nasty thoughts, you're going to have uh, a couple thousand an hour. So it's, it's not going to be an easy day because we all think thousands of thoughts an hour. It's involuntary. You know, unless you're a meditator, you're probably thinking involuntary most of the day. Most of the content's pretty involuntary. So, so just like your heart beats and your lungs breathe, your brain thinks. So let's all, let's do in a little exercise. I'm going to take your right hand, raise your right hand. Okay, we're going to say hi to our heart. Say, hi heart. I'm going to say, hi heart. Hi lungs. Hi thoughts. Not, say not, not, not going there. Let's try it again. Hi, heart. Hi, lungs. Hi, thoughts. Not, not going there. Okay, your, your thoughts in a low mood day are just a, a train going to a bad neighborhood, man. Okay, you know where that train's going. And I mean, I imagine when you go to a subway system in LA or, I'm sorry, in New York or Europe, I imagine you actually look at the sign to see where the train's going before you get on. Yet, how many of us get on trains of thoughts that are leading to really bad neighborhoods? And, and we're just, we just jump right on that train, don't we? So you don't get on those trains of thoughts in a low mood. You better be very careful with those trains. So you just let that thought come and go. So that's where we're going to do our next one. Uh, you guys ever looked at an internet site that has the news and they have the breaking news moving by? It moves by. It's, on a, it's called a scrolling marquee. 
just kind of scrolling by and and it's just a headline you can click on it or you can just let it scroll by tell me in a low mood should you be clicking on your thoughts or should you let them scroll by let them scroll by okay everyone take your right hand up okay move it to your left side of your forehead out in front and go my thoughts are a scrolling marquee we're gonna do that two more times again my thoughts are a scrolling marquee. One more time. My thoughts are a scrolling marquee. Now, I imagine, I mean, you do see headlines sometimes where it's like, what? You know, but most of the time you're just like, Duh, you know, like, what high school was shot up now? You know, like, next. So, I mean, we're, we're pretty, uh, we're pretty calloused. We're pretty calloused when it comes to headlines. You know, they don't touch us much. We we get pretty cold-blooded when it comes to headlines. So I'm, I'm asking you to get a little more cold-blooded with your scrolling marquee when you're in a low mood. Mm-hmm. Is just let it scroll by. You're not clicking on any of those headlines. I'm not going for the full analysis of that story. For sure. That's just a headline. It's going to scroll by. Moving on to my next horrible thoughts. Mm-hmm. Now, now the uh, in a low mood, there's other things you can do. And one thing is alcohol. Drink alcohol in a low mood. Um, not more than one drink, uh, meaning one glass of wine or one 12-ounce beer or one shot of, of whiskey or something, whatever your favorite high alcohol, 40% alcohol is. So, But definitely drink. You want to start playing with your mind a bit. And alcohol does affect the brain. So... So definitely have a shot of, or one, the equivalent of one drink. Um, also, when you have your coffee that morning, you want to have a strong coffee. So go for like double. Coffee is a mood enhancer. So you want to double up on coffee for your morning coffee. Those who are addicted to coffee, I don't even know what to say to you. Okay, but I'm talking about the people who just go for the fog lifter in the morning. And you should know the fog lifter people, they know how to appreciate coffee. Because once you drink more than one cup a day, it doesn't lift the fog the same way. That rhymed. Once you drink more than one cup a day, it does not lift the fog the same way. But, but those who have got it nailed down to that one fog lifter in the morning, it's amazing. And, and try to have it as close to prayer as possible. Basically, coffee, bathroom, prayer. Okay? And it is a laxative. So. And you're supposed to pray with a clean body. So, so coffee, bathroom, laxative. I just add one more thing because I'm Hasidic. Mine is coffee, mikvah, bathroom, pray. Yeah. And, and there's nothing like a pool of hot water in the morning. And I do my stretching and yoga and push-ups and everything. Yeah, it kind of raises some people's eyebrows, but, but I live in a small community and everyone's gotten used to it more or less. But that I'll be doing all my exercise in there. I wrap a towel around myself. It's not like I'm doing naked exercise or anything. <laughs> wrap the towel around my waist. What's amazing is I'm dry by the time I'm done, and I didn't, the towel's dry too. Meaning, I just wrap it around my waist, and by the time I'm done with my exercises, I'm dry, towel's dry, everything's great. So I never even have to use the towel, which is fabulous for my wife and laundry. Not that men can't do laundry, it's just this man doesn't. And it's not that I wouldn't. I would. It's just that she just beats me each time to the to the laundry machine. 
I, I'm not sad. I'm not. I'm not itching to do laundry, but I do love service. Like I love doing service at the house, and it's obviously very special when I do, and it makes my wife feel loved because her language of love is service. Mine's words, so feel free to give me any positive feedback. It's coming in. It's coming in. <laughs> Can you imagine though what a miss that is? My wife's a service, and mine's words. So it's like. So I'm walking in and tell her I love her while she's got three sinks full of dishes. <laughs> she's just like, well, then why aren't you rolling up your sleeves? You know, like, get busy. And, and then I leave the room going like, I said I love you. Like, that was not very fulfilling, you know. And, and, then, and then, of course, she's like, you know, my kids are all eating on, like, disposables, macaroni and cheese, and I've got, like, three types of meat, you know, like, on China with like crystal, crystal wine glass and silver on a Tuesday night, you know, and, and she's, cause she's service and that's her language of love. And I'm just like, I look over at her. I'm like, do you realize some people in our community didn't, didn't even have chicken on Shabbos? This is, this is insensitive. And my daughter's like, <laughs> my wife's like, and I'm like, did I say something? <laughs> this is why the, the five languages of love is like such a game changer for marriage. Because now I give my wife service and she actually says, I love you. Yeah, which is amazing. She says the words, I do the service. And, and, and now I get the service too. Because now when she serves me those meals, which is every night, the, uh, now when she serves me those meals... I'm realizing what she's trying to say. My father's also service. His is unsolicited financial advice. <laughs> now, if you don't know it's his language of love, you feel like you're nine years old. Now, how long do you spend on the phone with someone who makes you feel like you're nine? So I literally got off the phone with him within 10 seconds for 20 years straight until I finally realized this is his language of love. He loves me. You know, my father called you about your finances. <laughs> he doesn't love you. He's called me. And the reason is because he loves me. And I finally got that and finally stayed on the phone with him. I, okay, I put the phone a few inches away. You know, I, I don't even know what he's talking about. You know, If I were a financial guy, I wouldn't have been a rabbi. So, anyway, the um, things to do. So we mentioned uh, alcohol, we mentioned caffeine. Um, another thing is YouTube. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> be careful with YouTube and low moods you know I mean I mean, you could just turn it on and, and have that you know where it just keeps playing the next video you know and, and just like die there so anyway but what you do want to do is something you'd never want to do in a low mood and that is cardiovascular sports you must sweat you must change your brain chemistry with some schwitzing yeah you gotta sweat and which means you're going to have to go run a treadmill or get on a bike or go swim. You've got to get your body moving. And that's the last thing most people would want to do in a low mood. People get very lethargic in a low mood, but you force yourself. I have, I have forced myself. I mean, I, and my sport's mountain biking and surfing. So surfing's a hassle. I've got to go drive down there and stuff. And, and, but let's say there's no surf. So I found myself like literally pulling on, I wear full body armor. I find myself like, forcing myself to just get my knee pads on and and because I don't want to ride I don't want to do anything in a low mood but I'm forcing myself 
and then getting out there and start pedaling and start sweating and start and you know what I come back better off in the, in the end yeah it could it could it could actually save someone from a low mood but it, it's also just good thing to do to break it up it could break it up by the next day you're fine I can imagine you being a mean kickboxer. <laughs> What's that? You're, you're, yeah, yeah. It could shift your mood for sure. Letting off steam also, especially with boxing, kicking. Do you put pictures of people you don't like? Yeah, she does. I was kidding, and the answer is yes. So, um, anyway, <laughs> this is an interesting class today. You have something you'd like to say? Um, yeah. um, what if you're not like, self-aware enough to even Oh, that's harsh. That's harsh. So that's a good question. If you're not self-aware enough that you don't even know you're in your low moods, so um, what would help is being married because they'll, t- they'll tell you. So, I mean, you got to let them know that you want them to tell you, but you got to let them know. Like, it's like, I'm not aware enough to know when I'm going down that, you know, down that hole. And, or when they're hangry. What's that? They haven't eaten all day. They need to be told by the spouse. Eat. Yeah, sure, sure. Have yeah, a, a hungry man is an angry man. hungry man is an angry man. Always feed your husband. And uh, while we're on that subject, um, it's really important, ladies who are listening, men, just plug your ears for a second. It's really important, ladies, that when you're upset with your man, you never let him know that until he's had something to eat. Okay? Never let your man know what you what's bothering you about him until he's eaten something. And the beauty of that is that is that he'll be you'll you'll probably have a lot more wisdom when you finally tell him what's upsetting you by having given a little pause to letting him know that until he's eaten something. Um, but the, the other way I say it is instead of the eating thing is to say. Never give it to your husband, meaning don't, don't get mad at him or tell him what's upsetting you. Never get mad at your husband at the threshold of your door, meaning don't tell him when he walks in the door. Mm-hmm. And so by the time he's relaxed, feels safe, because men don't feel safe out there. Why do you think we go out there? Why do men leave the house to go out there? Because we're trying to make it safe. How do you make it safe? How are we supposed to make the world safe out there? The answer is by having a nice car. You know, Lexus, you know, or, or, or greater. And so, well, 90% of people you're going to pass don't have a Lexus. You do. You're safe. Okay? Now you're safe. So men want to feel safe. They do not feel safe out there, which is why we constantly go out there, because we're going to go hunt for honor. And then, uh, and then when they get home, they're not that safe yet, because you're dangerous. And, yeah. and so let them feel safe. And, you'll, and if you let them eat something first and relax, you'll have a lot more wisdom of how you'll share such that he will probably not get defensive. And if he doesn't get defensive, you actually may be effective in your communication and something he may actually change. And so, but, but coming after a man at the doorway of the house is, is uh, not the way to go. If, if he came late, he's going to be later tomorrow. Okay. So don't, don't make coming home scary. Okay. Now, uh, okay, wait, she was first, yeah. yeah. Would you suggest that a low day to do something like that? Like, 
Sure, sure, for sure. Yeah, that's uh, doing doing things you enjoy, big time. Uh, music we mentioned before. You're allowed to mi- listen to music on Sphera if you're depressed. I mean, if you're in a low mood. Yeah, there's no mitzvah to be depressed. So if mu- music would get you out of it, you should wear it on. Do it on a headphone though. Don't take out a giant ghetto blaster. You're having one low mood day to listen to music. What's that? You're having one low mood day. I thought it's just like clinical depression. Oh no, lo- one low mood day is probably okay too. Because again, the whole prohibition of music is is. Uh, is making like weddings and parties and like celebrating. Is it four o'clock? Holy moly. Um, everybody, we have a lot more to say on moods, but we're not going to say it right now. Shalom. 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 Welcome. Uh, again, please go online to yomtomediaclub.com. Let's get this out there to as many people as we can. Join the club. Shalom. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.